love pancakes. And joining me tonight on the stack, I have the manager of champions, Poyo Del Mar. Um, you've seen Poyo, Poyo as being the beautiful host of the last two of Effie's Big Gay Brunches. Um, also as the manager of Money, Power, Respect. And as a part of NWA's Empower, which was an all-women's pay-per-view. Please welcome Poyo Del Mar. Hi, Val Pancakes. It's about damn time you had me on the stack, madam. <laughs> well, I really just wanted, I know that you're a busy, busy person. You have a lot going on with, with all of the promotions you're involved in and of all the things I that you do. do. And why do you think you should have me on? Because I'm so busy with all these promotions. And views. <laughs> and I really just wanted to make sure that you had time to speak with somebody, you know, little old me over here. Oh, little old you. Madam, we saw the bosom just yesterday. Ain't <laughs> nothing little going on around here, snack cake. I mean, for a little bit, maybe. But um, moving right along. <laughs> <laughs> My mom is watching this. <laughs> I'm assuming that your mom probably has breasts as well, Val. So <laughs> it's probably not a surprise that you do. <laughs> well, we're already going off the rails tonight, so this should be hello, a fun one. Mother um, hello, Mama Pancakes. <laughs> so we should have fun tonight. Um, I have Poyo with me. I love Poyo, straight up. Um, wonderful person who's always super kind to me when I actually get to see you in person, which has been twice now, but, um, just a lovely person to talk with, very supportive of me and the things that I do. And I love to be able to give some of that back to somebody that's so sweet and kind and attractive and beautiful and just inside and out. Well, you know, Val, the reason that um, the things that I told you, like privately, I'm more than happy to say publicly, and that is that for people who are in positions like myself or anybody who's on Big Gay Brunch, anybody who's a performer in the world of independent professional wrestling, what inspires us besides our own passion for what we do is the passion and love and appreciation of people like you um, like the bald monkeys who all, all three of you or all of you collectively are so supportive of the world of independent professional wrestling. So, you know, I don't think that there's anything you always are like, Oh my God, I can't believe people are being nice, but you are so loving and so supportive of what we do that it would, I would be a real douche if I wasn't like ultra nice to you, number one. And number two, like I appreciate people who um, are supportive of what I do. So thank you. You stop. <laughs> <laughs> so just gonna kind of jump into our questions. I'm sure yeah. as as we've already already seen, this is probably gonna go ten different ways, but it'll be fun for me, hopefully for Poyo, and hopefully for all of you as well. So what was a young Poyo Del Mar like? Oh my gosh. Um 
it did you know i think it depends like that i i think i've been um one of the things that i have come to understand about myself in adulthood is that my uh environments where i was growing up we moved quite often so the environments that i was in would change frequently and so i found that i changed with those environments so you know it what that formed for me was um a lot of like in my head fantasy opportunities and lots of learning to rely on myself for entertainment like that's why i can legitimately sit at home and entertain myself because i find myself hilarious you know and i do things i think things and do things that crack myself up um so but at the same time i think that um what that also brought out of me was like um a sense of like being disconnected a lot you know i did not feel like we ever stayed in one place long enough to connect with a lot of friends um make any kind of long-term relationships so i i think that part of me as an adult like still um had that longing for those long-term relationships and i've developed those but still struggles to maintain those because it was just not something that was present or available to me as a kid. You know, when you, I, when I tell you Val, that I moved quite often, I like, I went to three different schools in fifth grade. So I like, I, I did not, um, most school years, I would start at one school and go to a second. And if I went a whole year at a particular school, it was very unlikely that I would return to that school the next year. So there was just a lot of moving around. And um, I, like I said, that that pushed me into like worlds of fantasy where I would like imagine lots of crazy or creative things. And I think that as an adult, that sort of like, you know, started to play out because I still have those kind of crazy uh, creative thoughts, but now I can actualize some of them, whether that's through writing or professional wrestling or drag or whatever that might be. So what, are your future plans and dreams what keeps you motivated both in wrestling in drag in your regular life if you have a regular life <laughs> um my regular life is really suffering right now because i i want to do wrestling you know as much as i can and i want to uh wrestling has been like a life dream of mine so the fact that it's now become such a significant part of my actual real life it's kind of unbelievable. So to me, it's a lot like um, actually living some of those childhood fantasies, right? So um, what are my hopes and dreams? Like, uh, you know, a lot, most of my hopes and dreams really uh, revolve around the world of professional wrestling. Like there's things I want to do. Like I want to, um, I want, I really, really want to return to National Wrestling Alliance where I got the opportunity to make some fantastic friendships while doing an uh, empower i really would love to be back with the national wrestling alliance and be on their weekly television series on uh, on fight tv i would very much like to um grow out not not just to be part of the big a brunch family at game changer but there's you know i would love to have opportunities outside of that realm and get to actualize some of those and so that's something that i i would like to continue pursuing and then um, I'm also a big fan of the United Wrestling Network, which uh, you may know just launched Championship Wrestling Atlanta, has Championship Wrestling from Hollywood, Championship Wrestling from Arizona and Memphis. And I would love to kind of delve into that group as well. So those are all like uh, like my 
my dreams and goals for the next like probably a year. That's where I see myself in a year type of thing. I also want to return to pro wrestling illustrated as a writer. I would, I want money, power, respect to be in the pro wrestling illustrated top 50 tag teams. Like I have a lot of um, goals and dreams in regards to what I want to do in professional wrestling outside of professional wrestling. I have been working on a book for like five years. It's about 10 chapters from being done. And that is something I want to finish. And um, yeah, like I, I try not to think, you know, I, I don't have these like super long-term plans. I'm so like involved in like what's next right now type of thing. And then my idea of a long-term plan is like a year from now, I want to be doing X, Y, Z. So <laughs> who has had the most influence on you both in the ring and out of the ring? Um, I think out of the ring, of course, I, I have to say that the person who's been most influential in my life is really my mom. You know, my mom has been nothing but ultra supportive of, of me throughout my entire life. And my mom, is, I, I think that I've acquired a lot of my best qualities from my mom. My mom, like when we were growing up, um, I'm of a certain age. And when I was growing up in the 80s, there was like all these commercials where there was this mom who'd come out and be like, who wants some Kool-Aid? And all the children from the whole neighborhood would run. And so my mom used to refer to our house as the Kool-Aid house, meaning like, even though I just told you that we did not have, um, like we never stayed in one place for very long. Like when I was in, once I settled into a place for however long we might be there, our house was always swarming with people, you know, very, very social. But also my mom was that person who, when other people had issues at home or, um, you know, things were maybe, I don't know, maybe unsafe or whatever, our home was always like that environment where everybody sort of came to congregate. And I think that I've taken a lot of that, you know, from my mom. And so that's why, that's why people like, you'll see them on social media, like, you know, they are, they're all like, oh, mom Poyo, you know, like whenever we go to Big Gay Brunch, it's like, oh, mom Poyo is like doing her mom Poyo thing type of thing. And that's because I walk into places and I'm like, okay, honey, what, what do we need to do? Like, what, what do you need? What do you need right now? Like, can I help you? Let me do this. Um, the dog is not having it. Shut up, Jasper. Um, so, and then in the world of professional wrestling, I think that, um, I've had a lot of, you know, I've had a lot of people who I think influenced me in terms of made me fall more in love with professional wrestling. Austin Idol, who is part of the National Wrestling Alliance, was the first person who made me fall in love with pro wrestling. I've loved countless people over the years, um, you know, in terms of idolizing their work or being really a, like a super fan, things of that nature. The person that is a kid that I wanted to literally grow up and replicate his career was Jim Cornette. So I, I've always, whereas other you know kids probably wanted to grow up and be a pro wrestler, I wanted specifically very much to grow up and be a wrestling manager. And more specifically, a wrestling manager of tag teams. So, you know, that I think is probably like a big part of my wrestling influence. But the people who influence me today you know it's very bizarre for me to say because many of them have become my friends you know like that's the weirdest thing it's like these people who continue to influence me in the moment 
are my friends and they are people who you know like zicky dice and effie for example because of their success on twitch influenced me to want to start my own twitch channel um and the things that effie does in the world of professional wrestling in terms of breaking down boundaries around being a, a gay wrestler inspire me on like a daily basis it, it amazed me to be honest um, my friend Dark Sheik, who I manage here in Northern California, and who I have had the the gift to room with, like on you know various like little big gay brunch tours and things like that we've done, um, influences me because she's like this creative genius who like built an entire empire in Northern California of hood slam, and then went from being this highly successful professional wrestling business person to going through the process of self-discovery and realizing that she's a transgender woman and, you know, going through that process in the public eye that talk about, um, I don't know that she's influenced me cause I'm not going through that same experience, but she certainly inspired me. It's funny that you would say that because you definitely are the mom friend. Mm -hmm. Um, <laughs> yes. I definitely caught that at the last, big gay brunch <laughs> yeah you literally like I, you and i were having a conversation and all of a sudden i'm like well i have to go because basically i had to like deliver the kids to soccer practice like you know what i mean it was like if we had been in a suburb that would have what i would have been doing but the kids were like and y'all were watching when i say the kids they are fully grown adults you know i was like i have to drop the kids at the airport the hotel take them downtown like you know get them something to eat. We have to, you know, so yes, very that. But also like you're a very comforting presence, which is also like a mom trait. I think that, I, I don't know that I, I don't know that I'm comforting. Like I can't speak to that. You are to me. Well, well, I appreciate that. You know, <laughs> I do. I appreciate that. I think that for some people, like what it, I, what I do think, um, how that kind of might come across or translate is because I do very well under pressure. You know what I mean? Like when like something happens, like when the shit hits the fan sort of type of thing, like I sort of go into immediate, like I, it's very weird because I may fall apart later on or like, but whatever it, but in the moment it's like, let's fix this. Like, how can I, let me, what can I do? You know, like when the, uh, girl at biggie brunch in chicago like effie was like i promised everybody food now the food is falling through what are we gonna do i was like don't you worry honey you go on and wrestle your death match sweetheart i'll just take care of this and he literally was like okay like no not even a second thought just like okay and you know i mean did we have gourmet food in chicago no was there delicious food did we make great money and be able to donate to a charitable cause because there was food, yes. So, you know, I was like, I'll do the best I can. You just take care of your death match, sweetheart. You go gouge, you go stab them with that light tube, sweetheart. Mommy will take care of the food. Don't you worry. <laughs> and it breakfast was delightful. There were delicious pastries of different varieties. And um, I believe there were other things as well. So. There, was, there was all kinds of, there was all kinds right? of, I like, I, but you know what? They, I sure did load that rental car with every kind of snack cake, pie, brownie, and cookie I could find. 
um, and I did it. And they were like, <laughs> Effie and Effie and Brett Lauderdale were like, damn, Boy, you did that on a budget. And I was like, I sure did, sweetheart. I was cost comparing and like calculating things up. Effie was like, you, girl, I'm going to let, I think that if I don't be careful, I'm going to get in charge of snacks at every event. I just need to be calm. I'm like, don't do it. Don't do it, girl. But you're so good at it. And I know. <laughs> Famous last words. And love snacks. So. I also love snack. snacks. You're a snack doll, doll pancake. <laughs> you're a snack. So what has been your greatest achievement like in wrestling so far? I, I think that my greatest achievement in wrestling is undoubtedly working with the NWA. The National Wrestling Alliance is the organization that that I um, grew up watching. You know that where where other children of my generation may have really turned to the WWF at that time. I grew up in the South, and we the South is about the National Wrestling Alliance. It's about you know Ric Flair, the National Wrestling Alliance heavyweight champion. It's about all of that history and legacy, uh, 73 years of it, right? And so for me to, number one, get to, I mean, there's an actual graphic out there, viewers, with my name and picture and the National Wrestling Alliance logo on it. So that to me is something that as a child I dreamed of. And I never thought for many reasons, I never thought that would happen. So I think that that experience and getting to be part of the NWA family, even if just for one weekend, is the highlight of my career at this point. I think that the like the highlight of personal achievements in terms of like something I did that um, is probably what I would consider like a, the highlight of in terms of showing my skills is was fairly recently, uh, you know, I mentioned that I managed the Dark Sheik here in Northern California for a company called Underground Wrestling Alliance. And when Sheik came in to debut with that company, it was the day after she faced Nick Gage at, uh, uh, at Game Changer down at No Signal in the Hills. So all of these people who were at that show had just seen her for the most part the night before and had a tremendous amount of newfound respect heaped on top of the fact that she's already a Northern California legend, right? And the, the what we needed to do in that moment was she was coming in as a heel. She was not supposed to be beloved by the fans, no matter how much they loved her. And it was my job to reinforce that. And if we couldn't have gotten her over as a heel, everything that was sort of like wrapped up in that moment just would not have happened. And so she did very well um, in getting them to boo her, but not for a prolonged period. So that fell on me. And the fact that, you know, people like Kevin Gill, when we walked out of there, Kevin Gill and, and some other localized legends, uh, a gentleman named Doc Atrocity, who is definitely a Northern California wrestling legend and very well known for his mic skills came to me. It was like, man, you really saved that, that whole segment because it, it could have gone really South. So for me, um, I think that that was probably um, one of my my crowning achievements. And of course, getting a recent stink face from uh, Journey Fatu, I think, you know, probably ranks up there as well. So how did you get involved with the NWA? 
like how did that all materialize if you can tell me yeah to be honest i don't even know like i i honest to god i like i'm not i'm not trying to be facetious i don't know i don't know how that happened um what i think happened what i think happened is very much that thing that i was telling you about yourself which is that you are an unabashed fan of professional wrestling and people see that and they value that and they respect that about you and they love that about you and, and they connect with you on that level and i think that the fact that i have been like i happen to be in like tangentially involved in the world of professional wrestling because before Effie's Big Gay Brunch back in April, what I was doing was very like on the outskirts of wrestling. And I think NWA started to see, like I, I've been a fan of theirs for years since they since they launched Power. And I would tweet about them and I would like message, like, you know, like include their, tag them in things and talk about their product in a way that was extremely positive because I am a big fan of what they do. And then when it, um came that they had announced that mickey was producing empower the first ever nwa all women's pay-per-view i had reached out to mickey about an interview and we started messaging back and forth and by the time the interview rolled around mickey you know i did the interview with mickey and then mickey was like now that that interview is recorded i have something i want to talk to you about and she is the one who asked if I would be interested. And I think a lot of people, by the way, had tagged me in different things like, we want to see Poyo. Da, da, da. Um, but I think that that's really what it came down to is that, you know, they knew I'm, a, they, they know I'm a fan, not, not new because I am still a fan. They know I'm still a fan of what they do. And they had, they, they were wanting to do something different. They were trying to make history on a lot of levels. and. That is exactly what happened on August 28th in St. Louis. We made history on a lot of levels. And so I first became familiar with you through um, Effie and Zicky. I'm looking right at you, Val. <laughs> <laughs> because they did a stream where you dragged them up. Mm -hmm. And how so how did you get involved with with effie and and zicky in that way <laughs> so um it's it's weird because so my one of my very first shows ever in pro wrestling was zicky was on the show and um this was a very different version of zicky you know like we all go through evolutions and we're talking five years ago so zicky was very new still in the world of professional wrestling very green very unknown and um i, I was all of the above as well so we we were on that show and i don't even really remember connecting on that show but i remembered that we were on that show together so fast uh, around, maybe around that same time, Effie was fairly unknown in the world of professional wrestling too. He was like starting to become a thing. And I hosted a podcast. So I asked Effie to be on because I love talking, you know, it was an LGBTQ oriented podcast and um, I'm a fan of wrestling. So it seemed just like a great connection. So Effie and I connected at that same time. So 
like that's five years ago. And then fast forward, you know, Zicky until not that long ago, uh, like a, less than a year ago or something like that, maybe a little over a year ago, lived here in Cal. Actually, it was almost exactly a year ago that he moved out of California because he moved right around his wedding time, which was in October. So, you know, he moved from here, but while he was here, we had talked about, he was just starting his uh, stream on Twitch and he was like, hey, let's do, you know, something fun. You know, and at that point in time, I was just gonna drive to his house because he was local. And uh, fast forward, he's he's in Atlanta, Effie's in Atlanta. Um, you know, like by this point in time, things have started to move forward with the world of wrestling. And I'm like becoming more like, I guess like not well-known, but like more involved because the truth is that I had a Twitter, a separate Twitter account entirely just for wrestling content, because I didn't think that if I tweeted as Poyot Omar, people would take me seriously at all in the world of professional wrestling. So um, I went to visit my mom in Florida um, and Zicky was like, hey, now it seems like a great time. Let's like, let's do this thing together. So I, you know, because Jacksonville and Atlanta are like next door to each other. It's, I mean, it was only a six and a half hour drive. So I drove only. up to Atlanta. Yeah, only, I know exactly. I'm like, that's absurd. But I drove up there and we did it. And it was a super fun time. And it was during the course of that broadcast period, basically, that Zicky is the one who was like, Effie, you need to, you need to have Poyo as your, the host of Big A Brunch. You said you wanted to do that. And like, legitimately, here she is. So. Aw. I, because Zicky trained at Black and the Brave, which isn't that far from where I am, um, I saw one of Zicky's like first handful of matches and boy, howdy, has he really progressed and come into himself from then to now. So, right. Well, a big part of that is, um, in my perspective, is that he has, you know, he, he's come to understand who Zicky Dice is. You know what I mean? Like, I think that that's a big part of it is like understanding who your character is, what your motivation, like as that character is and being able to embody that. So I think that Zicky, I, I think that Zicky is extremely compelling. I think the character is extremely compelling. He's larger than life. You know, a lot of what you see in on whatever his Twitch stream or on a show is who Zicky is, you know, like Zicky is a lot of that in person. So same with Effie, you know, like maybe the volume is turned down, but both of them are pretty much what you see is what you get. And in my case, what you see is mostly what you get, but with a lot of pancake makeup. No offense, Val. <laughs> None taken, my dear. Um, but I think that there's something to that. And you hear that in wrestling a lot is it's just like the, I have mine on my mantle over there actually, because I too was awarded an Effie. Did he hand it to you personally? No, it was mailed to me. <laughs> he handed mine to me personally in Zicky Dice's house. I was delighted. Aww. Did you do an acceptance speech? On the spot. <laughs> All the years of trying and the people at home and thank you God for making me a homosexual. 
<laughs> but like 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 I was saying, um, you hear that a lot in wrestling is like the best character or when people are at their best is when they're just themselves, but like more themselves. Yes. And I think that the big part of that is because like I mean, this is like in in anything, you know, like I think that um the for example, like it, it's a we see this a lot in personal interactions, just like not wrestling related at all. But if people are genuine and authentic and themselves, it's easy to connect with them. You know, it's easy versus people who like, you know, there's something like a barrier of some kind, like between you and them. Like think about people in your work life or whatever, like the people who sort of are like come across as very genuine or easy to connect to, but the people who are like, hiding behind a role like i'm the manager and i have to you know it's like it's it's not as easy and so when it comes to the world of professional wrestling like unless somebody is scripting everything for you and you are a really good actor um you know the easiest thing to deliver is something where you don't have to even think of like i know what i would say i know what i would do in an experience or a situation and you know, Pollo Del Mar is an extension of me. And I think like, you know, there's certainly elements of that character that I turn up or like, I will insert things. Like I cut, I cut this really scathing promo, um, not on you actually. It was, that was like on, on me? No, uh, several of those on you, Val Pancake. But the, on somebody else and somebody, like people didn't know like where the reality and the fiction blurred, like where did they cross? And I said, well, everything about that from real with exception of the bitterness, because I'm not, I wasn't bitter, you know, but like for there to be a motivation, it had to come from that place. And so I think for any of us who are trying to go out there and win an audience over, you can, most of us feel really clearly when somebody's putting on a show versus somebody who's like speaking from a place of at least modicum of reality. Yeah, I think that you absolutely can tell when someone's being genuine versus when someone isn't. And I know that for for me, even in the things that I've been doing, um, I'm just myself only like all the best parts of myself. Right. Like Val Pancakes is all the best parts of who I am as a person. And yeah. And like I think that you're right in that people recognize when you're being genuine and real and I try to be genuine and real in everything that I do. Um, and I think that to what you were saying before, like that's why people care that I, that I do things. Yeah. (laughs) Because they like, that's exactly it because it's authentic. It's not like, you know, it doesn't come across as a show or it doesn't come across as disingenuous like i'll give you an example of something that you witnessed firsthand like that pr- promo i cut at big gay brunch that like s- sort of like went crazy on social media for a hot second you know people were like oh my god like how did you plan that how did you prepare for that like whatever and i was like i didn't i came out there and like shared my life experience like i i spoke from the heart about why things like big gay brunch or why it's important to support organizations that support us or why it's important what we're doing because this shit did not exist when I was growing up. 
and not just when I was growing up, but like the generations, multiple, not one generation, multiple generations after me were, you know, like this is something that is new and it will change things for people going forward. And that's, that was just my life experience. You know, like I, it wasn't a promo, like, you know, that was just speaking from the heart. And that's why people were like, wow, that it's powerful. Or I relate to that or that resonates with me. Yeah, because it's real. It's a real thing. I I love that little um, promo that I guess promo or like segment that you did um, when you did that. For me, um, I'm openly pansexual. And the first big gay brunch was the first thing that I had gone to that was it felt like for me since I came out and I, I cried a little bit the first time, not gonna lie. Cause it was just like, it was like, these are my people. They're my, they're my queer wrestling people. <laughs> yeah. And you know, the, the thing about that was for like that, like <laughs> that spiel that I gave, like it sort of just came out. Like if that was not scheduled, that was not on the run sheet. Right. Like I was supposed to go out there and talk about like, wrestling is dot gay where you can buy some like wrestling is dot gay shit and whatever. And then all, you know, and then, and plug the pastries. That's what I was supposed to do. Like plug the website, plug the pastries, get the hell out. And then <laughs> I like, you know, and then that just sort of came out. Um, and for me, like, you know, the, the thing that I really love about Big Gay Brunch, I mean, among many, there's a bazillion things, but one of the things I love very much about Big Gay Brunch is how it makes a space that's welcoming to an entire spectrum. It's not like really specific to any one thing. You know, there's there's people across the whole spectrum of sexualities from like our, our heteros, we do have heterosexual allies on that show many times. And then we have people who are on the opposite end of the spectrum. I do think that for a lot of people, like I'm like maybe close to the far end because I'm like pretty extreme, you know, like whatever. But we have that whole breadth of our community and we show how each one of those varying shades of sexuality and gender identity is special, unique and different. And I love that because that's really what it means to be part of our community. We're a huge and all encompassing umbrella of people and while we may have commonalities and common interests and things that we all love, we're all still really unique. And it's impossible to pigeonhole any two of us in the same slot, right? If you want to be pigeonholed in this, I've got that one for you. <laughs> I'm so stupid. Uh, that's, no, you're not. But you're you're a little wacky. That's one of the many reasons why I adore you so much. Go from talking to something so heavy and then follow it up with. I know, it's just very <laughs> me. So, um, I've seen recently. Uh, it looks like you've gotten a little bit more uh, physically involved in some of your matches. Yes, I have. Um, you know, that's not been entirely uncommon throughout my career in, in professional wrestling. Like I. I've been in a variety of altercations, and I've, but I've only been in one match. I've only been, it was horrible, like, because I, I don't wrestle, but legitimately the very first thing that I ever did that kind of got me um, 
involved heavily, heavily in pro wrestling was I jumped into a battle royal and eliminated somebody. So, because they pissed me off. So um, that's not entirely uncommon, but I think that, you know, I, I foresee presumably like I'll have that same kind of level of physical involvement in my, my uh, like my clients' matches as other professional wrestling managers do. And that means that when the time and place presents itself that they need some assistance, I will do so. Do you, like, have you been trained or do you plan on getting trained? I, honey, I'm too old to train. Never. I, I, like, I figure. You're what, 30? You have plenty of time. Um, with change, with tax, change and tax. <laughs> A shipping and handling fee, a convenience charge. <laughs> Keep adding some things on there, boo. But anyway, you know, I I have not been formally trained. I have been trained well enough to um, do a few things, only a very, very few things. But the, the flip side of that is I'm also um, against better judgment and sensibilities, fairly fearless. So, you know, I... You know, I'm, I will tell you that stink face, people are like, oh my God, was it horrible having Journey Fatu's ass in your face? I was like, listen, honey, Journey Fatu is actually quite a snack. I've had worse asses in my face, but the part that killed me was having that big bastard throw me into the corner and crush me under 325 pounds. I still have a pain in my lower back and I will take it out on Journey and Jacob Fatu at my earliest convenience. But in terms of going to like ongoing training, I don't plan on getting thrown off a scaffold anytime soon, but who knows? What? Just think full drag, just thrown through a door. Um, I can tell you that that almost happened once. Ooh. It, it almost happened. I, I was the one who was like, remember when we did Fearless. It was shortly, it was in June, not that long after the Tampa Big Gay Brunch. And we were all in Vegas together. Like, you, not you, but like meaning a lot of us from Big Gay Brunch, we were in Vegas together to do the show for, um, the Dark Sheet produced on there. And Effie, at the last minute, we didn't think Effie was gonna be able to appear because he couldn't get on a plane. And so I was like, I'll go in, I'll sub in for him. And I don't know what the hell I was thinking, but like, certainly it would have ended up with me through a door. I can promise you. Through a door and into the hospital. <laughs> mm -hmm. Quite possible. <laughs> I was like, just make sure I, I land ass first. The ass is all padding. <laughs> land ass first. Exactly, land ass first. You don't know how many times I've had to say that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. oh well <laughs> this is a family show i know so. you don't know how many families i've said that to <laughs> you've got a brother or hot dad maybe kissing cousin <laughs> You might have broken me. Um, so what has been the greatest obstacle that you've overcome in wrestling? 
Um, that's an easy one. The greatest obstacle I've ever I've overcome, not just in the world of professional wrestling, but in my entire life is self-doubt. You know, like I told myself I could not do this. I told myself when I was very young that professional wrestling was not a world that was meant for me because of who I am. I told myself that I would not be accepted, that I could not have success or achievements there. And not just in wrestling, but in other things, like my brain has told me that. But specifically when it became um, about wrestling, because of my perception of what the wrestling world was like, what wrestling audience is like, what the expectations of a professional wrestler or those involved in the world of professional wrestling were, someone like me did not fit into that equation. And I allowed my brain to convince me that that was true. And what that equated to was putting off trying for many, many years. So it took me uh, like coming to grips and becoming very comfortable with myself, coming to grips and being comfortable with accepting both the positive and, and negative aspects of who I am. And that most of that does not equate to my sexuality whatsoever. Um, and it came uh, to knowing what I'm very good at and what I can do and focusing on those things and putting those out into the world so that the world could embrace those as opposed to relying on what my fears were about who I am All and right. how that would prevent me from doing the things I loved. So it wasn't until I was able to push aside all of those elements of internalized homophobia and the fear of how people might judge me if I did what I wanted to do for me to allow myself to even try. And the interesting fact is that perhaps it's just happened that while I was going through that process of like uh, self-discovery, self-acceptance, self-love and self-appreciation, the world was also starting to evolve simultaneously so that they created this perfect storm a few years ago that the wrestling world was ready for that and I was ready for the wrestling world. But whatever the case is, I know that if I had not challenged those self-critical um, negative thoughts that still occur in my head, that I would never have put myself out there and made the effort and attempt. And if you don't try, you can't win. I can appreciate that. Um, you and I have talked plenty and you know that I also have those thoughts in my head and you are wonderful and do your best to try to tell me to shut them up. So, <laughs> right. Like the thing is this though, like Val, it's in, in, it's not one of those things when I tell you like those things, like when I'm like, when I challenge those thoughts, like says like, you know, there, there's certain tools that I had to adopt as I grew older and matured. And like, one of the, the things that works really well for me is like, um, you, when I, like when my brain's like, you can't, or you shouldn't, or you don't, or, you know, people like you, I, I, I say, says who, like, who says that? Like, uh, whose rule is that? Like, you know what I mean? Like, you can't do this. Says who, who says I can't do that? Like, why shouldn't I be able to do that? And, you know, th those are things that are part of the human condition. Self-doubt, um, 
self like being extra harsh on ourselves those are part of the human condition that's what it means to be human because most of us go through that the i think that some of us uh, may do it very publicly you know people see that happening and others have kind of gotten a coping mechanism where when that happens inside their head it goes through a filter where it's like sometimes it gets passed but most of the time it doesn't and that's where I'm at in my life like a lot of times like uh, that's the first thought that comes up but then I'm just like I challenge it and when I say those things to you I'm like well who sa who says you can't do those things like why shouldn't you be able to do that you know like and and a few times I'm going to call you out right here in front of everybody you've been like nobody wants that I'm like shut up like you know what you don't know what people want you don't know like I don't know like I don't know what people will or won't accept I I don't know what they whatever but sometimes i don't give a shit what they want like i don't care if you want that that's what you're getting you know what i mean it's like i i didn't ask if you want it like this is what's it's like it's like when i used to come home for dinner and my mom would be like i'd be like i don't want that my mom would be like well then your ass is gonna starve because i didn't i don't ask what you want this is what you're getting you're either gonna eat it or you're gonna go hungry you know like either people are gonna love you or they're not gonna love you and where they fall in that spectrum, that's not your concern. Like you being happy with you and doing things that make you happy is what's important. Girl, that's what I told you. Flash all your breasts. Put all your boobs on the internet, girl. I don't care. Like you live <laughs> your best life. I live my best life. Do you think, do you think for one minute that like when I was getting ready to go to NWA, I knew, girl, it's the National Effin Wrestling Alliance, the most old school of old school. Do you think that I didn't know that there was gonna be some pushback to me being there? Of course I did. Do you think I cared? Mm, it entered my head and then I was like, they can absolutely go F themselves. Like, I don't care. Like, this is my best life. This is my opportunity. If you don't like it, turn the channel. Like. If they don't like what you like, if they don't want to see the the flapjacks on the snack cake, honey, hit the bricks, bitch. Everybody, motivational Toyo Del Mar. That's right. If you're watching this and you want to put your titties on the internet, you do it too, including Mama Pancakes. Put your boobs right out there, Mama Pancakes. I don't give a goddamn. Live your best life. You get one boob. Live it. This is why I'm like, now I need to know who this person is so I can block them on all social media. My mom has no social media except for Facebook. And literally all she does is creep. She doesn't ever like or comment on anything. <laughs> I've never once seen her do it. But she knows what you're putting on there. Oh, uh, well, I have a lot of friends like that, actually. <laughs> like, basically, they just spy on people. <laughs> like, mom's out there creeping. But um, moving on to some more, like, just straight wrestling-related questions. Um, straight wrestling. <laughs> I mean, the questions are more straightforwardly wrestling. <laughs> There's nothing straight about this conversation, me, or you, or wrestling, really. No, there's not. Which, fantastic, wonderful, should always be that way. <laughs> it always, it always has been that way, to be honest, so. Yeah. 
So what would be your like a dream tag team for you to manage? Because I know you're managing uh, money, power, respect. Is that mm-hmm. money, power, respect? I was going to say, I thought so. Was... But then I was like, what if I got the word wrong? Like a ding dong. No, um, you wouldn't be the first. You won't be the last. But you, um, I absolutely like I love working with money, power, respect. And I my dream is actually that the three of us uh, will have a great deal of success together. I've been I've been pushing. I, I've been pushing and there's things like that. I'm still going to be push, pushing. I want them in the Pro Wrestling Illustrated Top 50. I want them to go to National Wrestling Alliance. I want them to challenge uh, La Revolution for the NWA World Tag Team titles. Those are all you know that's i want that homegrown talent right um if i if i had to like put together a tag team of people that i wanted that i would love to work with you know i don't know i don't have names off the top of my head immediately that come to mind but i definitely think that i would put together a team that would would give that very old school flavor of the midnight express you know like the uh, slightly more slightly more um experienced wrestler like dennis condry was when he started paired up being paired up with bobby eaton or you know like that combination of like speed and finesse like we saw with stan lane and bobby eaton later on so like that's my favorite tag team of all time so i would certainly want something groomed in that kind of vein if you had your own like faction or stable, what would you name it? I do have a faction in a stable in Underground Wrestling Alliance, and we are called the Agenda. You're either oh. you're either with the agenda or you're on our agenda. Val. <laughs> Meaning, like, you know, we 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 have something that like so just like any agenda like there's a there's a motivation there's a mission and then you know if you get added to the new business honey you're the first to go and if you're if you're old business we will revisit you and you will be taken off the agenda very quickly so who's so, in the agenda the agenda we just debuted um three weeks ago in underground wrestling alliance it is led by like obviously the manager of champions Poy Almar, with the Agua San Jose slash Oakland champion Dark Sheik. Sheik's longtime Hood Slam tag team partner Anton Voorhees as a team they are called the Caution. And then Fabuloso Fabricio and Marco Mania, money, power, respect. So it's two tag teams, one manager, five of us total right now, but I can promise you there's more to come. And that's why nothing in Underground Wrestling Alliance or Northern California Professional Wrestling is safe because the agenda has formed and it's on the move. Nice. I like that. I like from, I'm not as familiar with um, Underground Wrestling Alliance just because it, I can only see what I can see. I know. And, you know, like when I watch stuff on IWTV and I, and I have watched them numerous times, um, but I do really like the caution. Um, I feel like they were, did a lot in Hood Slam. Yes. I feel like I've seen them on Hood Slam quite a bit. So exciting to hear you leading two very capable tag teams to certain victory. Yeah, we, we have got, you know, she already debuted in Agua and won uh, the champion, her championship the very first match she was there. 
And though Money Power Respect has debuted, they have not wrestled their first match yet. But I will say that just a few weeks ago at East Bay Pro Wrestling, they faced the Underground Wrestling Alliance Tag Team Champions, uh, World's Freshest Tag Team, and voila, we beat them. So we defended our titles against them very successfully. So let's see if they can do the same when the time comes. So I'm taking those belts. I'm taking all the belts. Well, There's, we're going to need, we're going to have to look like an octopus because we're going to have so many arms that we need just to hold all the titles. Are you going to like hire people just to hold the belts? I like, might do exactly that. I might have minions just behind me, like in, like, in green screen outfits so that they don't even show up in photos. I can just put a backdrop in and just have them holding all the belts. We already have two sets of tag team titles and I have two, maybe three more that I'm looking at. I'm taking the boys everywhere. We're going to Sacramento. We're going to Sacramento for Supreme Pro Wrestling in just a couple of weeks. And very soon, I believe we'll have the SPW tag team titles. Um, like there's just so many, there's so many. I'll have to hire some twinks to F the twinks, I'm going to hire bears. I want people who can actually withstand a little weight. Even better. Mm -hmm. So they can really, like, maybe hold two belts. I mean, my, maybe, I know Marco, maybe four. Marco would appreciate more bears than twinks. Marco, Marco loves a bear. <laughs> heard it here first. Oh, yeah. Uh <laughs> I don't I don't think you heard it. You might have heard it here, but I don't think that it's the first. I mean, pretty much everybody knows that Marco loves the Bears. <laughs> so when you're on the road, because you're you're on the road now. It's crazy, but it's kind of true. Right? So what is your like go-to road music? Ooh, um, for driving. Like if I'm, uh, yeah, yeah, like I, I do, first of all, I do a lot of driving in general in my day job as well. But um, I have a lot of uh, various playlists, but honestly, honest to God, I like listen to like when I'm in the car, I listen to a lot of podcasts and I also crazily enough will like literally put my phone like up on the dash in this thing and have like wrestling shows playing through the sound system. Like I, I was driving home today to do this with you while watching Ohio Valley wrestling in stop and go traffic, which like, if you're, if you're on California highway patrol, I'm, <laughs> I'm totally paying attention. I promise. But, um, like, yeah, like I, that's how I watch. I watch, watch a lot of wrestling just by listening to it, which is one of the reasons why having a really solid announced team is so important for pro wrestling, because even when I'm watching it, like on a, screen like half the time i'm only listening yeah good commentary can really make or break your show absolutely correct that's why like i just tweeted today like how why i think kevin gill for example should be much more in demand than he is he, kevin gill is one of the ugwa i'm sorry he's the, my ugwa koa announced team member and he's also a gcw standard and staple on the announced team there but so it makes a huge difference. But back to your original question, I'm, I didn't mean to sidestep that. Like I, um, you know, I play a lot of, I have a lot of dance music that I play. Um, I have a lot of like uh, songs that like when new songs come out every Tuesday, I always download new shit. So my, my music is always pretty much updated 
the new song that I've been listening to a lot more than I would like to admit is Walker Hayes and Kesha, Fancy Like. That song is like, it's so cute. I like it. Fancy Like Applebee's on the date night. Okay. I was like, I don't think I know that song. And then you said that and I said, okay, I know that song. <laughs> yep. 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 Everybody knows that song. <laughs> so what would be the most surprising song that you regularly listen to? Oh my gosh. Um, I, I think that it would probably be um, surprising only because probably most people don't even know the artist. There's a song called Work It by a singer named Madison that I am fully planning to start using as my solo entrance music um, at upcoming shows. So I listen to that on a very, very regular basis. We were trying to get that as our entrance music actually at, at NWA, Jamie and I both loved that song. So um, it's called Work It by uh, an artist named Madison. And it's somebody that I had known from a number of years ago because she had a great dance hit I liked. Um, the and then I think other surprising songs that I probably listen to on a fairly like regular basis um, that might surprise some people. I listen to uh, a few songs that are like Broadway musical stuff because those are some of my staples for when I actually perform perform drag drag. You know, like when I'm doing lip sync performances. So those. I don't, I don't know that that would seem necessarily surprising that a drag queen is listening to some shit from a musical, but I think that when people think of me in the context of drag now, many more people think of me in the context of drag in wrestling than drag doing what I did for 15 years as a career. So that's part of it. And then um, I also, I like, I really like um, country music. So I, I like all kinds of music, but um, the, but the other, the most surprising, probably now that I'm thinking about it, like the most surprising songs that I listen to are by um, a horrorcore rapper named Chuckles, uh, because that it's like, I, I don't know, like I listen to it quite a lot now and um, know like all the words to it. So yeah, it's Chuckles, C-H-U-C-K-K-L-E-Z. So that like that to me seems easy. I don't think that people look at me and like, yeah, horrorcore rap fan. And I don't think I am a horrorcore rap fan, but I, it's very like uh, in the juggalo kind of world, that kind of music. So, um, but I've become a big fan of Chuckles. Chuckles is somebody who is very supportive of the local wrestling scene. And as you might've noticed Val, people who support the wrestling scene, I support in turn. That is surprising to me actually <laughs> yeah so um what broadway songs do you do in drag oh god uh so my favorite um there's a couple of favorites one is from steel pier and that one is called um everybody's girl and that's one of my favorite songs to perform another broadway staple that is an absolute favorite is bring on the men from jekyll and hyde uh i perform those quite often. In fact, I've got a show coming up uh, on the 8th and I will perform one or the other of those because the songs are sort of in the same vein. So in terms of like content, so I, I usually perform one or the other. But um, like When You're Good to Mama from Chicago, of course, is another 
another one that I perform a lot. And one of my favorite, like one of my favorite, favorite, favorite songs of all to perform, it like I prefer to do it like in like a in a look that's appropriate, but is poor unfortunate souls from Little Mermaid. I would absolutely love to see you perform that, especially in a look that I can only imagine is Ursula-esque. It, it is, of course, like the like I have white hair that goes up. I um, sometimes sometimes I'll even do my face purple. I have a like a evening gown that is really fitted, but it's purple with black. It looks a little bit it's not intended to necessarily like replicate it, but it's inspired by. So you sort of like, you know, it's got the black kind of like patterns going down the side and it's it's rhinestone it like blings out i love it i would love to see that someday straight up <laughs> um so when you're on the road and you've already stated that you like snacks what are your favorite road snacks oh god i like i try really really hard not to eat a whole bunch of junk on the road which is very difficult for me at times so um it's gonna go one of two ways. Like if I'm like, um, like one of the things that I, I like to do is if I'm trying to be slightly healthier, I like, um, I would, I would go with like nuts, you know, um, good salty nuts, Val. But um, if I'm, and if I'm on keto, which is like every, I mean, every it's, it's either I'm like being a complete pig or I'm on keto trying to like regulate because my weight is a complete yo-yo. If I'm on keto, my favorite road snack is pork rinds because they're keto friendly and I just like hork them down until I'm like, you know, but always um, the, the staple in my life is energy drinks and Diet Mountain Dew. Diet Mountain Dew. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. What's your go-to energy drink? Um, I like I really love Bang, but somebody at Big A Brunch was telling me that Bang is sort of like, uh, not so LGBTQ plus friendly now, and I'm kind of bummed to hear that. That like Bang energy drinks, like my favorite is Cherry Blade Lemonade. Um, so but I'm like I'm trying to like get over that. They told me that Rain, the new Rain energy drinks, are like are more friendly. I think Rockstar is also pretty friendly. I like I I. I usually drink either the Bang uh, Cherry Blade Lemonade or uh, just a regular white Rockstar, like the sugar-free Rockstars. I really like those. It seems like everybody that, like, because I don't do energy drinks, but, like, people that do have, like, that, their go-to, like, this is oh, the yeah. one, just yeah. like anything else. Absolutely. And this guy, the funny thing is, like, um, I never really messed around with bangs and like the bang energy drinks. And then I went to this convenience store and was getting my traditional rock star. And the guy was like, did you know that bang is like even more caffeine? And I immediately was like, it was like a needle on a record in my brain. I was like, I'll be more cracked out. Amazing. <laughs> I like went back and I was like, got them. And when I first started, I couldn't even finish drinking one because they were so like, eh. now I'm up to like two during a car drive. And then I still take a nap when I get home. Y'all, I'm messed up. Um, but I appreciate a good nap. So nap all you need to. And my dogs are so nap, like, like the, the one, he's so like cuddly, like a teddy bear. 
Not the one that, like, not the one that bitches. Not Jasper. <laughs> He's annoying as shit, to be honest. I'm surprised we haven't seen a another run-in from... <laughs> no, because I, I told him to hit the bricks. Jasper's looking at me out of one eye because I keep mentioning his name, and he's like... <laughs> and the other one's asleep in his bed. Aww. And I'm not saying his name because he will wake up and then come bug me. <laughs> the reason they can't is because this is my good money, power, respect shirt, and it, they'll get dog hair all over it, and I don't want to have to wash it right away. That's fair. You can't have you can't have something like money, power, respect be. And it's all glittery. I don't want to wash it too many times that all my gorgeous glitter comes off of it. Lovely. It's lovely. It is a beautiful shirt. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Where can where can people find those if they would like? To I don't even. One? Well, to be honest, like right now they're not available. To the oh. general, like it's an exclusive club that we have these for. Like, That's fair. This is for this is for the team. Um, at some point, we, I'm telling you right now, we've already discussed this. We're like, this shirt's gorgeous. People would buy it. We we could sell a shit ton of these probably, um, even if they don't know what it's about. It's beautiful and it's like glittered. And I was like, then I told him, I was like, boys, take it from me. We'll sell them in a different color. So only certain people have certain colors and then we can tell who's who. You have to have exclusivity on things. I mean, that makes sense. You can't just show your whole hand. You gotta exactly correct. Hold some back. We're thinking about like maybe letting people have them in white, and then we'll have them all in gold. Gold because you're champions. Uh, yeah, that's what champions have. Exactly correct. That would make sense. Okay. Seems logical. Absolutely correct. Do you have any like pre-show rituals either for when you do wrestling or when you do drag? Um, yes. Uh, like, for, first of all, like uh, the rituals are, um, I think are different. Um, well, they're not different actually. I was just talking about this with somebody. I believe it or not, I always say a prayer. Uh-huh. I always like I always say a prayer before I go to um, to start any of my stuff like just because of the fact it's just a it is um i say the serenity prayer a lot of people probably know that prayer and it's just very simple that you know like kind of allow me to have an understanding of what it is that i is in my power to change here let me you know basically let me do my best um understand what i can control what i can't control and just roll with punches that's cute So, if you had an action figure of Pollo Del Mar, but it was like one of the ones that, that like you pulled the string or you hit the button and it like had a phrase, what would you want it to say and what accessory or accessories would it come with? Hmm. I think at this juncture, um, that, that the pull string would say, how very dare you? How very dare you, Bell Pancakes? And I do want to show you something that um, I'm digging it out. You may or may not recognize this little outfit. This is, one of my fans made this doll of me. Oh, 
based on the outfit that I wore. You remember this? This is the outfit I wore to the very first gay yeah. brunch. Yeah. Aww. And it's hand painted and handcraft. Oh my gosh, no. The hand painting is starting to come off. I need to spray your belly. But um <laughs> but yeah, that like it was made for me and sent to me by a like a fan, a really wonderful person Aww. who like saw me. That's so that look and that outfit is what I wore in my pro wrestling like debut. So that bit was based on that. And um you like then you saw that outfit again, it came out again at Big Gay Brunch. And so um, what accessories would it have? I think that um, it would probably have um, interchangeable really tall boots, <laughs> like re really tall heels. And I think that um, it would probably have at least, uh, like I imagine it where you could like snap different hair onto it. Like, so different looks of hair based on the, you know, the need. Well, yeah, I mean, you have to have the right hair to go with the outfit, to go with the boots. Oh. Absolutely. Oh. Only makes sense. Of course it does. Besides your phone and your your outfits and gear, what's something you would never go on a wrestling trip without? Oh my gosh. Um like so basically when you say my gear you mean like everything involved in that right yeah like your your whole oh. outfit makeup mm -hmm. the whole night right um my phone besides my phone like the thing that i um never go anywhere without is um an extra set of contacts contact lenses and that's because i've been places before and my vision is horrendous and like if i lose a contact i'm ruined i can't like i can't do anything so i i always carry um, extra contact lenses with me. I also carry um, almost always in my, like packed in with my stuff is sinus medication because I have tremendous sinus issues no matter where I travel to. So uh, very like, you know, like my, when I pack, it's legit like every mom packs. It's like, honey, do you need a napkin? Do you need, do you need a Tylenol? Oh my God, honey, I got some Tom, don't worry. Like legit for real, it's that. <laughs> note to self <laughs> i mean it's 100 true in my like overnight overnight bag like um like there's tums sinus pills uh tylenol um safety pins bobby pins like i i mean just you name it <laughs> you so never know if I ever need anything, check with you. Yes, and then I will probably have immediately lost it. That's the other thing. Like, like it may take me an hour to find it because I'll be like, I know it's here somewhere, Val. But um, yeah. Oh, the other thing I never travel without is my reading glasses. Even though I've got contacts in, like I've spent too much time on my phone and my computer or since COVID started a year and a half ago. And I'm pretty sure that my retinas are burned out. So you don't need them. You don't need the retinas. You'll be fine. I don't need to see things clearly. It's overrated. I would probably do better if I didn't see things clearly. But here we are. Um, so what is the weirdest request you've gotten from a fan? And that can be, again, either in wrestling or in, or in drag. Oh, my God. Um, 
I've gotten like I've gotten a first of all like when you do drag, um, you will get a significant number of people who make really really awkward sexual advances at you, really awkward. The other thing that will happen is that people that you don't even know will start like I I used to get like. I was getting incessant calls on through Instagram, you know, like how you can do like the Instagram call or whatever mm -hmm. from people. I have no idea who they are. And like, um, and I don't want to seem like nationalistic or xenophobic or whatever, but their name would be written in languages I didn't even understand. And I was like, I, I, I clearly do not know you. And then I would be like, I would try to be so polite, like, thank you for trying to call, but I don't take calls from strangers. And I like, finally I would have to like, I was blocking so many people. Um, and then I did get, this is like, I'm going to tell you one of the weirdest requests I ever got. And the, one of the few things that I regret in my life, like probably close to 10 years ago, this random guy messaged me on Facebook and said, I would like to pay you $250 to, um, for you to get in drag and and um, like basically degrade me, like verbally degrade me while I clean your house. And I was like, oh my God, what kind of a person do you think I am? Da -da 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 -da. And I went off on the guy. And then now a decade later, clear minds prevail. I like making money. I'm a horrible bitch and degrade people verbally no matter what. And I don't like to clean. This would have been a win, win, win situation. I could be rolling in money and living in a clean house right now. Alas, here we are. The place is a dump. I'm broke most of the time. And that guy is getting degraded by some other bitch. <laughs> I mean, I understand. But then he would have known where you lived. That's fine because when he came over here i'd have been like listen you piece of ish clean that bathroom right now and he'd have just thrown money at me <laughs> like i see i always worry like i don't want people to know where i live because then they could pop up sometime look i've got gladys kravitz living upstairs i can't pass gas in the night without her knowing what i had for dinner okay she knows far too much so <laughs> i don't really worry about that shit <laughs> fair enough yeah she's been here like i've lived here for 17 years she knows everything <laughs> sounds like a fun neighbor oh she's a, a neighbor all right <laughs> um what is the wrestling word that you use most outside of wrestling mm, gimmick it's the word that every wrestler uses the most outside of wrestling like the wrestlers like will be like no matter what it is they're they like everything is a gimmick y'all like that's what they'll, they'll be like somebody literally was like pass me that water gimmick and i was like this water bottle and i was like they're like yeah i was like it's a, it's a water bottle you, like you can really like gimmick means anything like oh somebody said do you have that do you have that fire gimmick who's like trying to smoke and i was like you mean the lighter how like how difficult is it to say this shit? like like this is not normal 
<laughs> the fire gimmick. What are you talking? Oh, the lighter. <laughs> gimmick is the one that I hear most often when I ask that is. question. <laughs> everybody says it. See, for me, mine is pop. Like, oh, that pop me every time. So, like, I think that for, I think personally, probably like I will say pop more than gimmick. But it depends on the situation because when you get around somebody who says the gimmick gimmick all the time, then you start gimmicking. Yeah, then that's your gimmick. Exactly. So um, between your traveling for wrestling and traveling for drag, I'm sure you have like a really good travel story. About relating to what? Oh, just travel. Either like something crazy that happened on the road or something really funny or like exciting, something everyone has like a memorable travel story. Well, you know, I think that, um, God, I don't like, I don't know that I have an exciting one for either wrestling or, um, or relating to drag. Like, you know what I mean? I think that like, I, I don't like travel. I don't like, tra I like, I want to travel a lot but I don't like the process. Like I love, I love being places, but I hate getting there. Um, and you know, like, so for me, like that, that period, like I get tremendous anxiety. Like I get super anxious knowing I have to go to the freaking airport. So like the process of travel is never specifically fun for me, but I will say that when we were going to, um, like one of the things that like recently like stands out to me is like, so to get to Missouri, like I, I flew from here into, I think Denver, maybe, I don't know. We, we flew from, I flew from here to somewhere and then, oh yeah, it was to Denver, but the planes to St. Louis, like, like Denver has like, San Francisco doesn't have this because San Francisco is a hub, like a major hub in Denver we were there and i legit saw these people like six people get off a plane because it was like a teeny tiny plane and it had landed and like come up and it was probably it was like from missoula somewhere or whatever like some random place and i was like oh my god and i was taking pictures of it like for my mom like my mom like look mom like there's a but um and the funny thing was like i then stopped to take a picture of our plane because our plane going to st louis was also not not teeny tiny but quite small by comparison with the stuff I normally fly. So I'm taking the picture of it. And so like this person, like people were behind me were passing. And then when I got to, um, when I got to Missouri, I realized that one of the people who straight up walked past me was Debbie Malenko, who was in the main event with us. And she was like, I was like, were you on that plane? She goes, oh, you were the one who was stopping and taking pictures. And I was like, oh my God, well, that's mortifying. But yes, yes, that was me, Debbie. So. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, in general, like, I, I, I don't know, it's hard for me to, like, think of any cool travel, like, in terms of, like, the actual travel travel part, but I, I will say that the, the more I've been traveling for wrestling, like, I always have loved, like, you know, I've been really lucky because we have that communal type of living environment when we're on the road together, like, most of the time we're in, a lot of us are in the same hotel or type of thing, and it just sort of, like, becomes, like, living back with my fraternity were like just like knocking on doors like hey girl what are you doing you know like what's going on so and i do love that 
Oh, I will also tell you, uh, re relating to being on the road, when we were in Chicago, like I ended up getting, getting run out of my, I was sharing a room with Effie by the room. Wait, I love Effie so much, but don't share a room with him if you can keep from it because Effie does not sleep the whole weekend. Like Effie's just go, 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 go in party, like next event, da, da. And so I'm not like that. I need to sleep. So we were there and then at like three o'clock, I was like, oh my God, I'm about to pass out. And just then we got a knock on the door and it was like, Nick Gage, Mance Warner, like all, like all the whole like GCW crew. I was like, oh my God. And then I tried to come back later to see if it was like cleared out and it wasn't. But even in the midst of all of that, um, Joey Janela was passed out in the other room. And I was just like, okay. I was like, she, can I come and stay with you? She's like, sure, sis. Like, so yeah, <laughs> because that, the next day was big A brunch. I was like, I need to sleep. I'm going to look like a hag. I can't do this. <laughs> You didn't just cuddle up next to Joey Janela and... No, somebody else was cuddling up next to Joey Janela and... Ooh. Ooh. A secret for a later time. We'll see if... Maybe they'll tell somebody about it, but it's not going to be me that tells their secrets. No Bald Monkeys exclusive today. <laughs> no, because I have to see these people, girl. <laughs> <laughs> I want to keep working. Fair. <laughs> so what would you tell a 10 year old version of yourself if you could go back in time to when you were a child like how would you like what would you say to yourself um that's hard to say because I really believe in that whole idea that like um everything that happened to me needed to happen for me to be the person I am today so I don't, I, as much as like some experiences in my life were painful or difficult or um, like, uh, you know, unfortunate, like there's been a lot of, you know, like it's, it's life. And so things happen, but I, if I would not want to change anything about that because it's what got me to this moment as the person I am today. And I love the person I am today. I, like I like the person I've become and I would be so afraid to risk anything that would, would change that. But, you know, if I could say something to that kid and, um, and not like, you know, I, I don't think I would say anything. I would, um, other than just like, like maybe give him a hug and be like, you're okay. Don't, don't, you know, don't let them tell you any different. You're, you're good. It'll all work out the way you need it to. And I could, I'm sure I could come up with something much more inspirational than that, but I stand firmly behind the, the idea and concept that every step of the way, what happened was supposed to happen just the way it was to get me where I needed to be, you know, where I needed to be right now in my life. And I've, I, I don't think I've ever been happier in my entire life than I am right now. Like, I love to hear that. Like, I'm glad that, like, you're out there, like, living your best life. I am. I, you know, I'm, I'm living not only my best life, but I'm living the life that I dreamed about. You know, like, I, I dreamed of this life. And I think that one of the great things about having gone through hardships or having had self-doubt and having to work past it and having um, things that I wanted and having them taken away from me is that it allowed me to get to a place where 
I appreciate very much the things that are happening in my life. And I don't take it for granted. Like every day, like I wake up and it feels like some new wonderful miracle has happened. And I feel like um, I have an appreciation for that, that a person that I was even 10 years ago probably wouldn't have. So, you know, I, I don't like th this is like everything that I've ever dreamed of happening is happening. It may not be happening at like the highest levels, but it doesn't need to happen like that just yet. You know, I'm, I'm appreciating it every step of the way so that, you know, because I may not have another big gay brunch or I may not have another NWA or I may not have anything. I don't know that, but what I have now makes me very happy and I'm extremely content because it's more than I was ever promised. More inspirational words from Toyota Mark. Well. But like, I love to hear it. I'm glad that you're happy and doing your thing and that wrestling is a part of it and that I have been able to meet you and interact with you um, and, and be friends, I guess, as much as we, yeah. I mean, I don't want to be like, hey, you're my friend. You're like, whoa, hold the phone. Like, <laughs> well, I have a delightful person who tells me on Twitter every day that I'm their best friend and we've never met in person or had a conversation. <laughs> so, so, you know, you and I have actually uh, spent time together. So like, Do I have to fight them? So, no, no, because okay. they're, they're okay. wonderful. I just wish they would have better friends in their real life so that they wouldn't have to rely on me so much. But I'm happy to be their friend. Aww. Oh, Delmar, happy to be your friend. <laughs> Unless you're my opponent, and then. <laughs> oh, man. So, a couple of quick, goofy questions, and then we'll go to Chuck for questions from the chat and a lightning round. And then we'll wrap it up. So, we're almost done. Um, with your time with me, I know it's been probably very painful, but I appreciate oh you. Oh my God, shut sure. up. <laughs> you know what's I'm painful? Accidentally sitting on your nuts because they're tucked underneath you and drag. That's painful. Spending time with you, that's <laughs> painful, Val. <laughs> oh my God, one time I was in drag and I slid into a booth at a Denny's diner and one of my nuts totally went under my other leg. It was the most painful thing. That's painful, Val. Spending time with you, not painful. <laughs> Snort laugh. <laughs> you broke me up <laughs> I guess I've ever had that happen to me. Why but it sounds terrifying. It's fucking horrible. note um i know that we've talked in twitter spaces um this is a space-based question um what is the biggest animal that you could take in a fight with just your hands no weapons mm, the biggest animal i could take in a fight just my hands no weapons girl i don't know because i'm not much on like 
physically fighting, and I love animals, so I'm not sure. Pretend it was attacking you, and it was, you had oh, to. Yeah. Um, uh, the biggest one, I think that I could probably, like, muster, like, at least a large dog. Yeah, I think a, a good large dog, probably. Yeah, a lot of people say that. Um, yeah, <laughs> so this is a very Val Pancakes related question. Um, how do you usually take your pancakes? Um, okay, so I am very, very specific about the way I eat pancakes, it drives my best friend batshit. So, I like my pancakes with very little butter on it, I don't like them to be soggy, I do not want the syrup on top of them i cut them and pick up a bite and then individually apply syrup in just the right amount and then i eat them so cut pancake syrup you you, you syrup each time yes so like it's cut the pancake pick it up put the syrup on it or like dip the just I was gonna say, have you thought about dunking um yes but i so pre-COVID, I specifically loved IHOP where they would have the multiple flavors of syrup in the thing. And I loved those because I would like to put individual different syrups on different bites. That makes sense. Um, and just for people who think that that's ultra weird, like when I was growing up, my mom who loves breakfast for dinner would make us pancakes all the time when we were growing up. And then she would over syrup them and the pancakes would be very large. And she would over syrup them. So by the time you would get like halfway through, the, the second half was like falling to mush and I hated it. Um, so like it's a control thing. I must control. And also my my best friend says I eat salads very similarly. Like like I pick things and then move things around and pick things and then and, and then dressing them and then like so I like when you go somewhere and you get like a stack of pancakes. I divide them and I eat one pancake at a time mm. due to the, the syrup thing. Like if I don't like finish it and I say need to take a cake home, I you don't want it to home? be, I don't want it to be full of syrup. That's understandable, I suppose. Like I don't want it to be like you were saying like a soggy mess. I, I don't like it like that at all. I like, I don't know. There's a place, my uh, my favorite place to get pancakes in San Francisco is this diner in the Castro, which is the gay area of town called Orphan Andy's. And they are notorious. They give you like these delicious pancakes, but they put like a giant amount of like margarine or butter or something on it. And that also turns it into a mushy mess. No, do not do that to me. Oh, I don't like butter on my pancakes. I'll be honest about it. Um, a little bit on when they like give you like the glob or whatever i just like take it off put it to the side I'm like i don't need all that me too i hate it so i'm going to like set a scene for you like so just go on the journey with me so in my scene you're hungry and you want something sweet and you go to the store and you're kind of wandering around and you settle on like oh i want some cookies then you go to the cookie aisle and there's, there's so many options, right? But you're like, no, no, no. I want America's favorite cookie, which is the Oreo. But we're not done because there are multiple options still, right? Mm -hmm. But you don't want like, you don't want any of the weird fruity new flavors or anything funny. No, no, no. You want just your regular like chocolate cookie, 
creamy center Oreo. But then, like, you still have options. So, like, at that point, do you go with a single stuffed Oreo or a double stuffed Oreo? So, there is an issue with this question, Val, because I don't really care for Oreos. But they have the ones that are Cinnabon Oreos. Love those. They have the birthday cake Oreos. Love those. But, um... In general, if I if I got a single or double stuffed, I would pro- like of the one the way you described it, I would probably go with the double stuffed. That is the incorrect or the I apologize the unofficial correct answer to the question. So congratulations on picking the correct answer. I knew that you would. I Thank knew you had it in you. Thank you. Um, Chuck. Do we have questions from the chat? Oh, come on. You know we have questions from the chat. Oh, dear. Okay. So let's see. Going going back all the way to the beginning of the interview. That's so uh, long ago. I know it was. Vic, Vic loves the name, but he wants to know, why did you choose the name Pollo Del Mar? The name Pollo Del Mar was chosen um, legitimately uh, on the way to the venue for my first time in drag. I had initially uh, seen an item on a menu called Delicia Del Mar. And I'd always joked that that would be my drag name if I did drag. But the fact was that I'd only initially thought I was going to do drag one time. And I had friends who did this fundraising event that I was doing for that first time. and even though they barely did drag, people would call them by that name. And I didn't want people on the street being like, hey, Delicia. So it's also the reason my name is not like, you know, Anastasia or something. Um, So on the way to the event, because now everybody is pretty public knowledge, my first name is actually Paul. Um, I wanted something and I signed my, like if I sign a note, I just sign it with the letter P. It's like always like that. And so I wanted something that started with a P so I could continue, I didn't have to alter my thing. And I didn't want to sound like a woman's name when I was walking down the street. So I went with Poyot Almar. It was, uh, number one, it's funny. It's like, uh, like it's also a play on words. Uh, and it, um, furthermore, um, is an ode to Jessica Simpson, who I'm an unabashed fan of. Love it. I love, love the reason behind it. Love the name, love the answer. Vic, I hope that suffices what you were looking for. Okay, the next one's from uh, Old Bad Guy, and you guys kind of touched on it, but he his question was, uh, who do you want to manage? I know we, we talked, you guys talked about it a little bit. Is there anybody out there that if they were a free agent, you know, who, who would you want to bring under the brand? Yeah, I mean, th- there, are, there are many people that I would love to work with. But the, the two people that I would most want to work with, we've already discussed at great length. And the, the people that I would really, really love to put together as a team that would be an ongoing thing and make a trio for us is Effie and Zicky. Like, I, I, that's very much a team that I would love to work with. I would love to go to Impact Wrestling and work with Zicky there. You know, we know that we see him there now in, on Impact Wrestling, and I would love mm-hmm. to, to do that. So that's something that I've definitely thought about. And then 
you know, there, there are people that I would love to, to work with in other capacities, but if I was like to just pick somebody right off the top of my head, those are the first two. Do you have a tag team name for them? Yes. And that's actually, they stole the name for me because I proposed to Ziki and it, uh, the, the name for the name for it is two in the pink. That is, nice. that's the name that, that's the name that we've known them as, but that yeah. I was who gave that. And it, was, it wasn't, the, the name isn't the number two, it's T-O-O, two in the pink, and we would all be pink, and we would all, but it's two in the pink. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Okay, our, our very own Christopher asks, what's your favorite wig to wear? Because as a bald man, he appreciates a good wig game. So, oh God, what is my favorite wig to wear? You know, I, so I, first of all, that, that changes like by my mood and what look I want, want to give, right? So it, like the wig is um, almost always secondary to like the, uh, like I start with the concept of what I want to do and then I find a hair to, to match it. My, um, my favorite, favorite wig, I have two uh, because they're both really easy and they both look fantastic always. One is um, like the shag cut rocker wig that I just recently posted on my Instagram mm -hmm. at, at like this afternoon. That one has sentimental value because it was owned by a very dear friend of mine who passed away. And then I sort of inherited it after the fact. And then another one um, that I specifically love is like a long red one that people see me in often is sort of like feathered back because you know that one it's it just always looks great on me no matter what but if i showed you by the way i have literally i i mean styled right behind this curtain in another room is like probably i would say 25 wigs on heads and then not unstyled or like destroyed and ready to be restyled i have literally hundreds of wigs wow so staying on the topic of wigs, we just had a question come up in the chat from uh, Nina Dragon. Do you name your wigs? Uh, no. Okay. No. Back to another topic you guys talked about. By the about. way, that's not, a, I think that like people do, like I think people, certain people have definite names that like, you know, um, I have, but I, I don't really, I don't really name them because um, I think that I would associate each of those names with a like a specific type of character, and I like to be able to like visualize different characters, even though they may be the same hair. Yeah, no, that that totally makes sense because you you could wear the same hair with multiple different styles, multiple different fits, and everything. So, yeah, yeah. you wouldn't want you wouldn't want to just I don't put want it, to paint it into the corner. Yeah. yeah we don't put baby in the corner. No, definitely not. So you guys discussed announcers and I know you dropped the name of one or two, but Vic wants to know, do you have a favorite announcer? Um, my favorite announcer, I, I think that for sentimental reasons, I, Jim Ross is my favorite announcer probably of all time. My favorite announced duo that I've um, specifically become I was very affectionate towards was during the Lucha Underground period of Matt Stryker and Vampiro I thought they were outstanding in telling that kind of specific very specific type of story they did really really well with that and then I would say I also 
really enjoy um, when they allow Beth Phoenix to talk, but they don't seem to let her do a lot of that. No, and and love love the love from Matt Stryker. So okay, so old bad guy back again. Did you ever get any training anywhere in the ring? Um, I've never really been formally trained in the ring. No. Okay. And I know you guys, yes, but not not formally. And I know you, I know you guys talked about you don't you you, you don't want to go into the whole training thing anyway. I, like, I wouldn't mind beginning to do certain training because there's certain things I would love. To, I'm always looking to learn and grow, but I'm not. Despite how beautiful I am in and out of drag, I I'm not as young as people think I am, and I like I, I'm not looking at at this age to start getting thrown around three times a week just to prepare myself to get thrown around once a week. Yeah, I completely understand that. And we, we, for everybody in the chat and listening, we talked about that beforehand and we, we were quite shocked. As we'll, well we'll leave should. it at that. We'll, we will leave it at that. Uh, back to Christopher. Do you have a favorite set of tag team belts throughout wrestling history? Uh, yes. The, the classic, WWF world tag team titles that were held by demolition or the heart foundation or the, like the traditional classic, a, uh, WWF tag team titles were my favorites. Nice. Okay. We discussed managing old bad guy wants to know any advice that you would give to someone who wants to get into wrestling and be a manager. Um, I think that the, the advice I would give, um, if you if you can't like you know if you're looking to go through the whole process, like I have a degree in broadcasting, so it allows me to be a lot more comfortable talking. Uh, if you have the chance to do any kind of public speaking or train for public speaking, that all helps. But in terms of actually breaking into wrestling and becoming a manager, the traditional trajectory to do that would be to go to some kind of wrestling school because they will help to train you on, even if you don't want to do in-ring work, they will help to train you on that element. Uh, the other thing that I would suggest is if you want to become a manager, start spending a lot of time around your local indies and just tell people what you want to do. The, like, again, you know, put it out into the world, I believe firmly in putting things into the universe and letting the universe answer back. Nobody can guide you or help you or direct you or any of those things if they don't know what you need. Nice. Okay. Christina, who left left the chat earlier, she was having some phone issues. She's going to watch it back on on demand. Her her question, simple. There's just there's just two parts to it. NXS or Depeche Mode? Um I was never very big on either one, to be honest. Um, but I will say that I, I you know, I'm going to go with NXS just because anybody who accidentally kills himself while masturbating gets my vote. Michael Hutchins was a babe. I mean, yeah. And <laughs> he's all, <laughs> that's how I want to go, man. I'm telling you right now. You're gonna make you're gonna you're gonna make Val die again laughing here. Okay, uh, of course Christopher wants to know, 
what's the coolest or most treasured piece of wrestling memorabilia you have? Um, coolest or most treasured piece of wrestling memorabilia I have. I will. I, the sad thing is that I had this um, autograph that I had this autograph book from the time I was a very small child and until like throughout my teens and it had autographs of all these incredible wrestlers throughout the southern wrestling areas and southern wrestling states because that's where I lived. And it would, it even had things like blood in it, you know, like when people would bleed, I'd be like, oh my God. And then like, please sign Wait, it? wait, wait. You, you would just go over with the piece of paper and like sop it up and yeah, then have I mean, them autograph yeah. it. Yeah. Oh and my so, Lord. That's amazing. Like I had, so this book like was left at my grandparents' house and through a series of events like that, that house has fallen into disrepair. Like it's, it's been vacant and I've been in California. So I haven't had the opportunity to go and even try to like just find anything in there. Um, so like that is there and it's like somewhere. And I, I would, I would love to have that just because it has years of, you know, attachment, but I will say that the things that I have greatest access to, um, most immediately would be, um, uh, my mom has these, um, photo albums from our childhood and in those my dad had when we were when I was growing up my dad was also a wrestling fan and so he had um eight by eight and a half by elevens of Dick the Bruiser and the Crusher the famous professional wrestlers from the, the 50s 60s and early 70s and those are original and those are in the book so those are two really cool things that I can think of I also have my actually had my Effie um and um I don't have a like on behind this, like on the other side of the room, there is a poster that's literally the size of this thing. That's my face. It says like pro wrestling tonight. It was uh, in front of a theater. Nice. Aww. Okay. Vic has the last two questions. First one is who has the best wrestling gear of all time in your opinion? The best wrestling gear. Yeah. Um, I think that the best wrestling gear overall, it's like, you know, the part that kind of sucks about this question is because people who have generally really cool gear, um, like, like don't really always, they just rely on their gear. And then the people who have like the extravagant externals, like Ric Flair, all these amazing robes has really shitty, just like lavender trunks, right. Or whatever. So it's like, it's like a give and a take. I think that um, if I had to pick like the person who as a package looked the coolest to me, um, I would say that I really love the Heart Foundation um, for their like their overall sort of like aesthetic. I think that uh, Shawn Michaels at the heart of like, you know, some of his stuff was very, very cool. His gear was very cool. I love that. And um, I oddly enough like i super love demolition even though like they're a replica of multiple other people who came before them but i think that they were really imposing when they came out and of course then there's like rick flair has got the best robes 100 agree with demolition it, yeah. for tag teams it's demolition and legion of doom road warriors for me i i like i to be honest like i know that people would like they're the same category but um I was never a massive 
Road Warriors fan, but I really liked Demolition for some reason. I don't know. Okay, last question. What's the go-to karaoke song? I like big butts and I cannot lie. You other bros can't do not. What a girl. I love it. That's all the questions from chat. Oh, wait, we actually have one more. It's for Val. Uh, oh. Val, when is the you versus mittens match going to happen? Who is asking for this? You'll have to go back through the chat and find out, but it was asked. Who? It was asked. They, we we just want to know. Never. This isn't a thing. <laughs> Never. So John Davis did not <laughs> pull through on getting that to happen. Never. Okay. Not a thing. Okay, that was questions from the chat. Chris, let's let's cue up that wonderful lightning footage because we are ready for the worst part of this interview. The lightning. No. The worst part was sitting on my balls at a Denny's. <laughs> Okay, here we go. As always, 10 questions. First thing that comes to mind, are you ready? I'm ready. Let's go. Number one, texting or talking? Texting. Best inspirational quote you've ever heard? You miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Love it. Can you say good day, mate, in an Australian accent? Good day, mate. Best place to visit in California? San Francisco, California. Should hamburgers have mustard on them? Always. Favorite thing that your dogs do? Sleep. <laughs> Scale of one to 10, how good are you at trivia? 10. What's something that scares you? Heights. Best compliment you've ever gotten? What a nice ass. And the last one, what terrible movie do you just love to always watch? Showgirls. Love it. That's it. 10. Done. Lightning round over. Thank you. I'm really Showgirls. good at that kind of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Showgirls is legit, especially when you can watch it on BH1 and it has like the digital fake bras in it. Oh. Like that's the best. Because it's the worst. I, I will tell you that I pitched um, a Showgirls-inspired storyline to a wrestling company not that long ago. They didn't take you up on it? They dropped the effing ball. That's a terrible choice on their part. It really was. I was like, this will be hilarious, I promise you. And they went, nope. Nope. Um, we like mm. that yeah, but unfortunately, we're taking a different creative direction. <laughs> well, Val, back to you. Back to me. Well, I am nearly completed. What upcoming shows do you have? You know, I have... This is where we can see Poyo. Yeah, so um, on the 8th of October, I have Circus of Sin in San Jose. That's an actual traditional like cabaret drag show, which I have not done in quite some time. And then after the day after that on October 9th, 
Money, Power, Respect is taking on uh, the Fatu brothers, Journey and Jacob Fatu, who, of course, we know that Jacob at the moment is one is the MLW World Heavyweight Champion. They're going to be taking on those two for the East Bay Pro Wrestling Tag Team titles inside a steel cage. They're also going to be avenging me for the fact that they sat on my face. Mostly they're avenging the fact that they sat on my face uh, without removing their underwear. I mean, if it, they remove their un journey, just remove your underwear next time. It's not going to be half as offensive. God. Like really right. just go like all in on it. Like, thank you. Like either it's either do it or don't, but like shit or get off the pot. Don't but half ass it. So full acid. Full acid, exactly. So indeed, indeed. But I also just want to let everybody know that momentarily, whenever we are getting off of here, I am gonna be going on um onto Twitch like on my own channel we're gonna be watching some pro wrestling for a couple hours so like you know join me if that's a cool thing yes so. i believe the plan is to radio so flawless so if you want to go live on your streaming soon so we can I, radio i just i just made it live to with the, with Brilliant. the thing up so, you know, I also want to tell you, like, I always, like, the funny thing is, so you know how we were talking about, like, I'm always, like, mom or whatever. And um, so with a lot of people, they actually, like, I don't think other managers, I don't know because I, I don't really see them, but I do know a couple managers locally. And they don't really do the manager thing the way I do. Like, the my boys are, like, it, like any of them, like all of the, all the people I work with are like, oh my God, like Jamie, when I, we were going to NWA and the Sheik and, and Money, Power, Respect, like you really do this. Like I'm constantly like, how do I get them? They're like, you know what I mean? I'm like, this is the thing. Like my job is to get you this. And um, so I was telling the boys today, I'm like, oh my God, I'm like, I've got this plan. I was working this afternoon on this idea to sort of um, like, get more of a social following for us and whatever so i i was just i don't know what made me think about that the fact that when i was going live on the thing i saw all this crap that i've been working on and i was like i've got so many plans in place <laughs> so that's why everybody needs to stay on top of pollo and what oh my pollo god is please doing. stay on top of me oh yeah <laughs> top this bitch. because pollo's got plans and where other than your twitch um i know that you also have twitter yep and instagram yep i don't know do you have only fans or TikTok or anything else um i don't have TikTok. i well i do but i have like 30 followers on there and i use it like two times um i have a youtube channel um it's you can go over to youtube and it's like youtube.com slash the the notorious pdm you can check that out but legitimately like twitch instagram and twitter are like my ghost go-to's i also have a facebook page but like uh, you know that's just in case somebody's grandma wants to check me out mama pancakes you can stalk on over so like um but Twitter, I'm super active on. Instagram, I post regularly. Twitch, I'm on several times, uh, you know, times a week, just watching old school professional wrestling and chatting with people who love old school professional wrestling. Yes, do stop in to watch Poyo and old school professional wrestling. 
Um, it's a lot of fun. Plus, Pollo is um, based on the West Coast and is, if you're based in the Central Time like I am or the East Coast, they are a the late night stream and there's not a lot going on late night anyway. So you might as well watch Pollo and Old School Wrestling. <laughs> and with that, this has been the stack. Um, as always, I'm Val Pancakes. This has been the vivacious Pollo Del Mar. Um, you know, please follow Pollo on Twitter, Instagram, and on Twitch. Hang around for the raid. We will be raiding Pollo, who will be there very shortly. Um, and thank you for joining us tonight. Woo!